And today I've got a couple guests to talk about an event. It is the second National Fentanyl Poisoning and Substance Overdose Awareness and Education Day event, and it is being held here in Mankato on Sunday, this August 20th, noon to 3 p.m. at the Ray Erlinson Park that's at 101 Belmont Drive that's just off of East Main Street in Mankato. And with me this morning, I have Nancy Sack and Kim Gustafson. Good morning, ladies. I got your mics on. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. Now, you are here under very sad circumstances. Uh, Kim's son died by fentanyl overdose. And poisoning. Poison is poisoning. Yes. That's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, poisoning. poisoning. And he was 21 years old. And tell us his story a little bit. When it happened, what it was, you know, what happened. Um, we lost him on February 24th, 2021. Um, that morning we had took him in to have a tooth removed that he had been suffering from for quite some time. And he's still struggling with that. So he was out looking for something that was going to help take away the pain. And he was deceived and given something that had fentanyl in it and it, it, it took his life. Had had the dentist prescribed anything too and it didn't work or the dentist didn't prescribe anything? They did not give him anything. They just n- numbed him up, took his tooth out and sent him on his way. Nothing for infection. We were just, we were all a little bit thrown off. Tell us a little bit about your son, Travis. Uh, Travis was just a fun, fun kid. People loved to have him around. He had a smile that would light up a room. I heard stories from the kids, like some of his friends, when he would walk into, like, a, or a group of them would be. They all just got, they just were, you know, they were happy to see him because it, Travis was a fun kid to be around. And and he was always happy. He had a smile, like, always on his face. Even when he w- was down and you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have known it. And he was always there to help pick people up and, Loved his family very much and loves his friends the same. He's got a group of friends that are his brothers mm-hmm. and that, you know, miss him very, very much. Well, obviously, it's totally unexpected on, I mean, something like this. He probably assumed he was getting some kind of a, a painkiller. Yeah, he and- was looking for an Oxycontin. And um, for some reason, he was talked into um, um, heroin, which... We don't believe that he had ever used before, so we were we we're a little confused on that. But um, there was enough fentanyl in there to kill two people, and the heroin was strong enough that that would have also took him out too. So. And the opioid has become a crisis, and and people using them, and with the, the fentanyl, and it seems like it's it's something that we are hearing more and more about, and law enforcement is dealing with this, and it's so prevalent. Yes. It's really out there in like in our area. It's it's in everything that you're gonna get off the streets. There's, I mean, drugs aren't safe anyway. But nowadays, street drugs are just there's just you you don't have a chance. It's like playing Russian roulette. But nowadays, the barrel's almost full. Prior to his death, poisoning by fentanyl, were you aware there was a crisis of any type, or is it the kind of thing where you it isn't affect you so you don't think about it? Um, no, I mean, I'd heard different things, you know, like we had heard, you know, Prince had passed away from opioids, but you didn't really hear that word fentanyl. I, you know, yeah, I didn't know about it. And then that night when um, then um, Drug Task Force, J- Forsell had walked into the, after taking what we had found, and he come back and had said that it had tested fentanyl. For pos- and I just said, I'm like, I'm like, what is fentanyl? Sure. You know, I had, and he, and like he says, he thought, how do you not know what fentanyl is? But like, what you don't know, you don't know. 
Right, because it know? hasn't affected you, so you don't think about it. Probably, and he's obviously in the deep, the depths of it, because he was the drug task force, and now he's sheriff, of course. Right. But, but how about you, Grandma? Grandma of this wonderful young man. Well, I can't tell you how much I miss him, and um, you know, like she said, I have a girlfriend that when Travis was really little, I would take him up to where I worked up at the South Central College, and this girl just loved him, and she told me when he died, she said, you know, he, he just smiled with his whole being, you know, and he did. And that's just the kind of kid he was. He just has so many friends. And, you know, like Kim said, we really didn't know. You know, you never expect that your child is going to die from something, no matter what. You know, you just never expect that. And we weren't hearing about it. You know, there was people dying from it and overdosing with the pure fentanyl. But they weren't talking about it, you know. And we weren't hearing about a lot of it's not in the paper. A lot of the kids are dying from it, but it's not in the paper. And it's still happening every day. I mean, there's constantly the ER. Um, we talked to someone, and she said it's just over overwhelming that these kids are coming in, you know. And then um, they're also dying because we know because families call us and tell us, but you never hear about it. And you said kids. I think the actually the 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 age group that it affects most was something. Oh, what what did I see? It's um like the teens to the twenties or something. Yep. I thought I read somewhere I believe that's that's just the highest um, oh, right now number. but the yeah. teens are starting to get, we're, we're starting to see more teens being affected by it for dying or in the hospitals even little children I always call them um, children and to <laughs> me it, it doesn't matter what age they are because they're somebody's child right. you know we have a friend her daughter is was um, almost I think she was 39. And she says, well, she was, wasn't really a, a, a child or a kid. And I said, she was your child. Yeah. You know, so that's who we fight for. Absolutely. All those parents' child. <laughs> I remember when my sister was killed and she was 33. And I never forget my dad saying when we were looking at, at Cassett saying, you know, this should be me, not my child. And so, I mean, that's like you said, no matter what age, there's still somebody's child. Right. And I am so sorry for your loss. And I do admire your courage to speak up like you said nobody was talking about it it's like mental health there's some stigma about it which finally people are starting to talk about it and say it's okay to talk about and you have stepped up and are starting to talk about this what made you decide to be the people to do this i just couldn't have another family lose a child to fentanyl and and not know what it was or like Narcan, my sister, after she come to visit after we lost Travis, and she said, some, she, he had been at the U of M eight days before we lost him, and oh. she had asked if they had sent us home with Narcan. And we're like, Narcan, what, what is that? Yeah. And to find out that there was something that if I would have known about, I, and I could have saved my son's life, and I will never know. Right. And I have that pain in my heart. And I don't want any other parent to have that. I want them to, if they have this experience, I want them to know that there is something out there that may, it may not, we don't know that, but it may save their child's life. You know, and the Narcan had, had never really been talked about, and that's becoming more of, of something that is more common. In fact, they're actually giving out Narcan uh, to certain age groups to say, you know, this could save your friend's life, and that had before had not been talked about at all. 
right. it's in the schools now. They've they have Narcan right in the schools where before you couldn't even talk to them about that, you know. So we're we're blessed that the high schools have it on there, so that if something would happen, it would be right there, ready for them, you know. So yeah, they never really talked about. Well, in fact, um, I was told when this all began because I we had heard about it, and then I I asked somebody. I says, why aren't you giving classes and giving this out to people? And they said, well, it's kind of a crutch. <laughs> You know, so that was the attitude back then. Yeah, because, oh, well, if they know that that's available, then they'll take it because they'll think, oh, it'll, you know, I can be saved or whatever. So exactly. Versus, go ahead. Right, right. and that's, to me, that's, that's, that's that stigma again. And if we if we can't keep them alive, they can't make it to recovery. Right. You know, we need prevention. We need awareness and so that they can make it to recovery because we have wonderful recovery programs out here. And they're wonderful. They're like a family and, you know, I would have loved for Travis to make it to the recovery team because um, I know he would have fit in really well there. Sure. Well, yeah. and that's another thing that, you know, after this happened to Travis and we started meeting people in the community and they would say, well, we have this and this and this and this in our community. Why didn't you call? And we're like, because nobody told us that you were here. And that's another reason why we um, are advocating now. We were at the Blue Earth County Fair, and we had as many of the services in Mankato and the surrounding areas at our booth so that people could take them and take them home, you know, so that they know, you know, we just want to give them hope because when you lose a child and um, it's like you feel alone, you feel isolated, you don't know who to talk to, and you feel like hopeless because nobody is able to say, this is what you need to do, you know. So that's we want. We just want to give them hope. <laughs> and like you said, people might not want to talk about it because, as well, it was like, oh, it was drugs, so we can't talk about it. Knowing that addiction, that sort of thing, is an illness like mental illness, and finally yes. being able to recognize that and coming exactly. out. Exactly. What would you like people to know, other parents, and that sort of thing, in terms of being educated about this? What do you think is important to get the word out? If you have you know, your platform here. Well, we have, we, um, we're always telling parents to talk to their kids, you know, talk to your kids, talk to your kids, but we haven't been telling them how to do that. Yeah. How do you do that? Because sometimes it's hard, especially with teenagers. And I've got a couple teenagers where sometimes they're like, you know, would rather not talk to mom or dad. (laughs) Well, and exactly. So come to our event and visit our awareness table. And we have pamphlets and flyers that have tips, you know, how to talk to them, what to say to them, you know, don't be confrontational, you know, have a conversation with them and let them know you're there for them, but you're not judging them. You know, there's, uh, so there is materials out there and we'll have them at our event. And mostly, um, you just need to listen to your children. They're telling you stuff in ways without words. Um, Hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. Yeah, right. Right. And you need to just sit down and make it open. I mean, let them know that it's okay for them to talk to you or ask questions, but make sure it's really okay. You know, or if you don't know, sit down and say, hey, what do you know? Because kids, you know, our children, they love to tell us and be no more than what we know. Oh, yeah. And so, they do. Yeah. And right. so, you know, I would rather sit down at the table and have these conversations with my child and I'd love for them to tell me more because they do know more or hear more and then them be out there because if we don't talk to them and we don't make them aware and we don't help with prevention, there's a whole bunch of bad people out there just waiting to eat them up. 
Well, and that's the same thing with sex education. It's like, well, we don't want to talk about that at all. And they're going to find out on the Internet, on the their friends and all that sort of thing. And maybe they're finding out the wrong information. Exactly. Right. Yeah, they have no, um, the kids really, I'm, if, I always say, no, we don't want one more child or adult to die because we didn't tell them, you know, because that's how it was for us. We didn't know this danger was out there. And Travis didn't know, you know, that's not what he wanted. He didn't ask for it. They didn't tell him what was in there. And it took his life. So we that's what we want to tell people so that they know. And we also have materials out there, too, on um, not only how to talk to them, but also what to watch for. You know, there are things, you know, parents can watch for and then get a kind of an idea, you know. And then there's places they can go to, to get help. So for somebody listening now, what are some things you could watch for, you know, because if you aren't familiar with it, you have no clue. Um, but some of the things you start would look for would, would be um, dropping grades. A uh, huge one is a change of friends, not knowing your, their their friend group anymore, I feel um, they stay skipping in their room school, more often. you know, you, you'd find them not in their classes and, you know, a lot of, in, you know, they're, yeah. Really anything that is just not Typical. common. Yeah. I mean, and some things you think, hmm, that seems odd, you know, then you should check that out because there might be something going on. And it may not be that they're using or having a problem with um with the use they might be something else they're struggling with depression mental health exactly right exactly so you said you wish you would have known some of the resources and you of course are learning them now what are some of the sources out there that are available for people so you do know where to go to well that's that's a tough one because we have there's a lot of places where um, people can go especially the ones who are struggling, but they have to want to go there. You know, you can't, nobody can force them. So we have a lot of places that will help them with treatment and getting into recovery. But when it comes, and when it comes to parents wanting to be able to talk to their children and help their children and have a place to go to talk about their concerns, there really is no place. You know, and we heard that a lot out at the county fair. You know, they and they were so grateful to us because we actually listened to them and we understood what they were saying. And, you know, that's something we are really trying to um, get. We have a recovery community. We have a treatment community. We need to have a, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but a community of, of parents who care and want to help their children. Uh, are there support groups out there for folks like yourself that have lost a child to such oh yeah online we have there's many groups yeah that we are involved with one um, minnesota memorial them it's a, a, a gathering of mothers mostly and they're trying to get a memorial for the kids up at um, the capitol okay. kind of like our one bright star so people have a place to go and you know and just sit and and contemplate what happened and a lot of these kids um, were cremated because, you know, who plans your child's death at that age? You know, 21. You don't because you don't even think about it. Right. And then when, when Kim had to do that, it was devastating. And um, a lot of people, you don't have that kind of money and you probably don't have a lot of insurance on that kid either because they're young, you know. And healthy, right. Yeah. yeah. So you don't yeah. think about it. So and a lot of the um, help they can get, they have to choose cremation 
otherwise they won't even help them. Oh. You know, so a lot of parents have had to do that, not really wanting to, but that they had no choice. You know, so they really have no place to go to just sit and think about their child. And I wanted to know, after Travis died, were, did you find people had a hard time approaching you because of the way he died? Um, actually, I did not. Okay. I, um, people were, I've had, I've had a lot of support. Good. I've gained a lot of friends, and um, that's one thing that I haven't had to deal with, but I know that others have, and even like the night that the drug task force came, they came, they were so caring. Everybody there was very caring, and they were, they were doing their best to figure out what was going on, and they told me that they would they would get the people that took Travis from me, and they did. And there's a lot of um, families out there that <clears throat> don't get that. They even at that at their house they are getting stigma. So I'm blessed that our area is very open and um, doing their best to try to get this poison off our streets. And a lot of times people, um, you know, they don't shy away from us, but they don't necessarily talk about it. They don't either. know what to say. Well, yes. yeah, they, you know, they're sorry for the loss, but they don't really, unless they have a, a child or know somebody that died the same way, sure. then they um, really talk because, you know, then you have this connection. I mean, we have, I mean, these people, um, we have one group that we're very involved with. I mean, and we know the people we've met with them we go out for lunch with them you know we've met up by the cities and we know their kids now and they're our family too now because you know that's just how it is this is I don't know what it is about I don't know if it's the age of these kids or the way they're dying because it's so unnecessary for them to die it's so preventable but um, I have never even as a grandma I've never experienced this kind of pain never uh, you both are the were um, at the Women with Heart event from the United Way and and were spokespeople for at the event. They had a video with you talking about your loss, and it was about mental health and the support we all need and that sort of thing. Uh, you're pushed into that position, being front and center, which is something you probably obviously never, ever imagined you would be. But, I mean, I want to say thank you for doing that on behalf of others, because it is hard to talk about, and um, and it is such an important thing that we need to, to deal with. And I know United Way is working to provide more resources for support for folks like with mental health issues or uh, losses from drugs and that sort of thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very thankful for United Way to include us in this um, year's campaign. Let's talk about your event coming up this Sunday. It's called an Awareness and Education Day event. It's the second national fentanyl poisoning and substance overdose event. And that will be this Sunday from noon to 3 p.m. at the Ray Erlinson Park here in Mankato. Talk a little bit about what people can expect. Who is welcome to come? Well, uh, first, I'm just going to just mention that this this event, the day, this national, and it's at the for the well, the real name is National Fentanyl um, Awareness and Prevention Day, and um, it was created in Colorado by a mother of loss, and then she got it to pro proclaim that this is a day, and then it just spread throughout, and now every 
um, state in Minnesota, not celebrates this day, but we acknowledge Mm -hmm. this day. And um, it's just, it's grown every year. It's just getting bigger. And we have, Kim can talk. Yeah, talk a little bit about, uh, are you part of the coordination of this event and help to put it together or who all is involved with this? Well, our event is pretty much put together by the Travis Gustafson family. Like I said, we have um, our g- good friend, Kara Richardson, who helps with it also. She's done a great, she's really helpful and wonderful for her family. Um, we uh, have speakers coming, which are some great speakers. We have Jeremy Drucker. Um, Let's see, is it on he's, here? He was um, appointed by Governor Walls to um, direct one of the... Um, Office of Addiction and Recovery, yes. I see on your sheet here. Yeah. yeah, and that's a new position. I met him um, kind of by accident but because I had watched one of their meetings and um, they were talking about uh, recovery and, and treatment. And I just called him and said, well, what about the other the other ones, the, one, the kids who are never going to get that far? Right. You know, the ones who experiment and die from it, you know. So we got, we did a Zoom meeting and had a chat. So now he's he's been... A real supporter for us so okay um, yep so he's coming down yeah so we have um some really good uh, speakers coming in and we have uh angie craig will not be able to be there with us but she will be sending a video presentation so we're really excited about that and um i say you have the new commander of the minnesota valley drug task force chad is it Ruch? Ruch? rush rush i believe and i know he replaced uh Jeff Warsaw, who became sheriff then, so he will be there, and I have not met him yet, so that should be good. Yes. And Kara Richardson. Yeah, we always include her because she is, you know, and people, when they listen, she is such a good speaker, and because she's so pure about it, you know, and then she's also going to bring someone who um, survived the this old, this epidemic and is trying to, in recovery, working her way back to having the life that she deserves. And Kara is the Blue Earth County Correctional Officer, so she Mm -hmm. obviously sees probably a lot of this sort of thing, and also the Blue Earth County Recovery and Forensic Specialist for the Drug Court. Uh, I see another one is a Drug Court Coordinator, Kevin Mettler. Yes. And then a mother of loss, Patty All. Her name sounds familiar, and I'm not sure why. Um, she, She lost her son, Alex, it's been nine years now, so she was kind of like I feel, um, kind of one of, you know the first in our area that struggled. Her son had um, been at a party and um, there was fentanyl patches, and he had used that, and his dad found him the next morning in their home. But but nine years ago, people didn't really talk about it; didn't know about it at all. Right? Yeah. So I she I feel like she probably was felt pretty alone. I know that they knew the person that had the patches and. They didn't get any results for his death. So, um, yeah, the the difference between nine years has is amazing. The difference really between two years is yes. amazing. <laughs> and I think Patty probably did talk, and she probably contacted people. But, you know, back then you weren't really... They didn't know about it. You know, or and you, you weren't really recognized for doing that. They didn't have yeah. the answers, for one thing. You right. know, we, we had all the questions back then, but nobody had the answers. They still have a few they have to find answers to. Now, is this event, it's got speakers and things, there are other things going on. I see there's activities and there's even food. Yes, we got the Pelican food truck that will be coming in and they're gonna be um, serving uh, taco salad, taco in a bag, 
um, you'll have the taco meat or the chick- uh, shredded chicken options. Mm-hmm. They're <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> We're very excited to have them there and appreciate them um, supporting our event. Um, and then we have we were lucky to get a bunch of donations this year, so we're going to be um, doing a drawing at the end of the day at about two thirty, and that includes must be present. It says must yeah. be present and <laughs> it's um, kind of a little you know <laughs> well incentive yeah. So yeah. it starts at noon, and then I see Kim, you are going to be welcoming people uh, doing at twelve forty five. In, on behalf of the Travis Gustafson family, of course, and then there's going to be a proclamation reading and presentation. Is that Angie Craig doing the proclamation, or um, no? Actually, a mayor Massad. It was, oh, she mayor. has signed. She's hoping to be there. She had. She already had um, a previous event that she has. Sure. You know, of course, summer is busy, and you, that happens. So we're, she's hoping to be able to get there to read that. Um, she's going to try hard, but otherwise, otherwise Matt. Rolls. We'll read it. He's, oh, sure. he's, he's been very, very supportive of our family's efforts in this, too. Yes. So, yeah. have, have you met families since your son died from fentanyl poisoning? Oh, yes. Like, has there been other people maybe that you knew even? Yes, actually, um, we do have a, a few peop- um, family members that we've known. We, uh, fam- uh, Ju- Julie Mortensen lost her son, Brian, uh, about less than two weeks after our event. She wow. he was she was he was doing really good and he was she was feeling positive and he was feeling and um you know something happened and and she got that phone call too that her son was gone. Yeah, we have families of loss that are sure. um, coming to our event from all over Minnesota because there just isn't a lot of these types of events out there. So they're coming um, not only to um, honor all the children and acknowledge this and help with the awareness, but they come to support our family also. I mean, they're they're traveling quite far. One's even coming from South Dakota. Oh, wow. And yeah, we do consider them our friends. But um, on that day too, we also have, we'll have a table where people can bring their, a picture of their child, a memorial picture, and we will display those. And then the um, facing fentanyl is dot org is the ones that actually are started this and they help everybody else to get it going. They sent us eight six foot banners of all children's and young people's 57, faces. 57 lost lives oh. on each yeah. one. So we're, we will be displaying those, and we have some banners for just Minnesota people. And uh, and the we always have, well, the um, police, the explorers are going to be there. We were going to have McGruff the dog come with them, but I guess he, he doesn't handle the heat very well. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be pretty hot, right? So, But it's it's going to happen in the, the Ray Erlinson Park. Uh, join you guys for an afternoon in park it says bring your own lawn chairs if you want to and just listen and you because your mission is to raise awareness of the drug epidemic in our country and trying to reduce and remove the stigma to talk about it and what do you guys tell people about narcan do you tell everybody you should have some on hand because we all think it's not going to happen to us I absolutely tell everybody to have it on you. I ha- tell you, I, I, anywhere you can, but your backpack, I have it in my car. I have it in my home. I have it in my camper. I have my first aid kit. I have anywhere we can carry it because you just have, where, you know, where do you get it? And oh, in it? Cato, there's a few places that you can go to. Um, Ran and it is a good place that they provide that you can get at form. You can get it at the pharmacies. It's, you know, now they've, you know, it doesn't have to have a prescription that it was changed. So you can go to your pharmacy. 
recovery. We co- they yep. they have Narcan, and I think nice um, is it Nystrom? I mean, I don't mean to be. I don't know. Is it like a, a pill? Is it a liquid oh, or I, sh- okay. we I have no idea <laughs> okay well there's uh, there's narcan and naloxone i mean it's the same thing but one is a spray narcan okay. and one is um comes in a liquid form okay that you would use and you would put in the muscle of your arm and that's a ne- and, with a needle and that is with the needle then nar- you know the narcan with the spray is a lot of people are more comfortable with the spray th- using the but the naloxone with the needles is a much it's more effective because it gets into that muscle and it's, so it's working quicker maybe you and know that classes start this Monday here at Minnesota State. Yes. So there are 15,000 or 14,000 students who have converged on campus. 3,000 moved in yesterday. So, and that seems to be a, a group that may be affected. So hopefully the word will get out to some of those and the, the folks will carry Narcan to because their friends may. Well, and they have an organization, um, SAID, S-A-D-E. Oh, do they? Okay. Yes. And that's what they do. So okay. I'm, and I know they've had some events up at the college yep. in the last year. So I am um, assuming that they're going to be out and about and and getting these kids some information and i think they even have one with the parents and the incoming students okay for that you know and you can also get narcan at our event because (laughs) we have a lot of vendors i mean we are blessed with the vendors that are joining us this year and a lot of them have the narcan and they will be showing people how to use it and and giving it to them. Well, that's so. good information because yes. people probably don't know. Like I said, I mean, yeah. I but like I, I'm not sure where to go. Right. So yeah. go to the event this Sunday, noon to three o'clock at Ray Erlinson Park. It is the National Fentanyl Poisoning and Substance Overdose Awareness and Prevention Day, and our guests today will be there: uh, the mother and the grandmother of 21-year-old. Travis Gustafson, we have Nancy Seck, the grandmother, and Kim Gustafson, the mother, who will both be there and be able to talk to folks. Thank oh, you, yes. ladies. And again, I my heartfelt goes out to you with the loss of your son. Thank you so much. I appreciate okay. that. Take care. Thank, Thank you, you, too. Thank you.